Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. That's my show. I am Josh Turner, also known as Wolf PRT. That's what we call it. Uh, and it's pretty righteous time. That's what it stands for. Now it stands for Paranormal Roundtable. And uh, Josh Turner, PRTPodcast.com. That's my email address. Send me your stories. Or you can hit me up on Messenger, folks. I'm going to tell you again, if you send me a friend request, on, if you don't send me a message saying, hey, I'm a listener of the show, I may not approve you. So probably won't. So if you don't answer that question, then I probably won't be your friend. But uh, I will be your friend if you do tell me, hey, I like your show, you listen to your show, whatever. And um, we can be friends. Don't forget, we have a Tuesday podcast. live stream that we do every Tuesday on YouTube. That's always there. We do it about three hours and you, you're getting a ton of bonus content, but it's a YouTube exclusive. So if you're only listening to us on the podcast, at least tune in for the the Tuesday live stream because you're missing out because there's a lot of good stuff on there. We do a lot of giveaways, right, Anthony? Yep. Yep. And and so uh, so what we're, what we're going to talk about, we're going to have a paranormal potluck here tonight. Uh, but first, let me give you the 411 on the groups. The main group we have is Paranormal Roundtable Group. Uh, Paranormal Encounters is Tony's group. That's Mushu, uh, my sometimes co-host that hadn't been doing the show much lately. But uh, he, he does come pop in every now and then. And then Paranormal Roundtable is the main group, the Paranormal Roundtable Group. We have over 7,000 people in that group. Paranormal Lounge, which is Nelly's, the Quad Coalition of Sciences. That is, uh, I'm, I'm an admin with that. Is Nick Valente, uh, Phil Stern uh, created a fan page for me. Wolf Wolf Turner of PRT uh, fan page. Uh, Join that. I'm also an admin of North American Dogman Project Region Two Paranormal Roundtable Prayer Group. Nelly created that. Uh, and then we have Whisper to a Scream. That's P- Ryan Paul Tremblay's group, and I'm in that. And then Paranormal Trucker podcast uh and and i do that one too and and of course dogman werewolf discussion phil stern and della carter i'm an admin in those groups so just join those groups and keep up on what's going on in the world of paranormal roundtable uh so that being said send us your stories through messenger or through uh the different channels we have um send send me your story through the email uh, and we'll correspond so jumping right into it, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a. We're going to start with with a. Uh, I think it's a creepy story, a creepy ghost story that was given to me. Now th- this one happened uh, outside of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. It was a town, a small town close to Little Rock. I don't want to give away the town. Actually, this person is um, actually you know, wants to remain anonymous. She's, she's a prominent person there, but, or her husband is in particular, but anyways, they, they lived in a house. And now I have a few stories from this particular domicile when they were living in this house, they, they live in another house now in the same town with no problems. So it was apparently it was that house. Um, but she, they may actually at some point they're, they're going to give me more and I may be able to just do an entire show on some of the stuff that I've gotten from them. But I thought this would be interesting to throw in there for the uh, potluck and to start it off. Um, and this one is it, it really weird. And Anthony, you, you've heard this story. Um, it, 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 it's crazy. All right. There was a multitude of things going on, but two stories in particular 
struck me as just being just crazy over the top, scary. And just, you know, I I don't know what I would do if this was me. But uh, they were going through uh, some some very tumultuous uh, things in their house. Like it was paranormal to the extreme. Um, but, But like, you know, somebody who's lived in a house like this, I can tell you right now, it's not like 100% of the time. It just doesn't go on all the time. So there'll be lulls and everything's fine. Then it'll kick back up and weird stuff will happen again. Um, so that was kind of what was going on with them. But they, they finally had enough and they they sold it and they moved. Um, and like like she is not at liberty to like talk about it to the neighbors and stuff like that because, you know, what her husband does. So, you know, she reached out to me and she told me, she's like, you know, I, I looked for answers. I went and I found your show, you know, a year ago and started listening to the – so she finally decided to, to, to message me and send me these uh, stories. I, got, I finally got to them. And uh, it's pretty creepy. Let me tell you what happened. They were experiencing what looked like a child in the house. Now, knowing from experience that just because something appears to be a child doesn't mean that's what it is. Demons masquerade as spirits of the deceased. We know that. Um, and so one of the creepiest things that happened was th- this woman was laying in bed and she had missed work. She wasn't feeling good. She was sick. And uh, this happened several years ago, um, but she was laying there and she heard a child's voice say, mommy. Now she had two kids, but they were both in high school. One was like a senior, one was a, fr- uh, j- a sophomore, uh, a boy and a girl. And the son was about to graduate and he was like, played sports. They both did. And so it, it was in the afternoon, so they wouldn't have been home yet. And it sounded like a little child saying, mommy. So she's like in that half asleep, half awake state. She looks over. She sees this childlike thing standing there. She says childlike thing because it didn't really look like a kid. She said it did look like a child, like in the stature and everything. She's like, but I could see small little horns, like a few inches above the eyes on each side of its head. Oh, no. And so she's like, I look over and it's this yellowish looking skinned creature. Well, no wonder his mom abandoned him. <laughs> it's so ugly yeah. little thing. <laughs> hey, hey, wait. Hey, you said it. I didn't. Right, dude. So whenever the horned creature, whatever. Well, it's not just not just that he's ugly. It's, he's breaking into people's house. <laughs> so so he's, he's a criminal burglar but, and he's hideous. And he's hideous. Well, here's what happened with this criminal hideous burglar, whatever you want to call him. Um, it was very demonic looking, and she said that it was the creepiest thing. She bolt right up in bed. It didn't disappear. It stood there. Here's what's creepy. She said it it didn't have a shirt on. It, it, you could see that it was, you know, obviously a, a little boy, a child, whatever, but it had pajama bottoms on. Like, you know how striped pajama bottoms? She goes, dude, it yeah. was so unnerving. And she said it was like mommy, and you could see its eyes blinking. She said they were just black holes where the eyes should have been and she said that it looked you could kind of see through it like where the stomach and everything was you could see through it so it was like it was translucent um but it was very childlike and it was it was like a like a little demon but it was like talking like a child and she said she goes i just laid there in bed frozen i began to shake and cry and i was like jesus help me please just help me and she opened her eyes and it was gone 
Another time, and like I said, I could go, there, there's several things they talked about, but these are the ones that kind of stick out. That her husband uh, used to be a smoker. And so he would always tell him, go smoke outside. Why are you always smoking inside the house? He would, you know, he'd be watching football and he'd light up a cigar. Not a smoke, like a, a cigarette, I should clarify, cigars. Yeah. And she said he'd be in there smoking a cigar and have his, his brother and his buddy over, whatever, and they'd be watching football, you know. And uh, she said it was uh, one Saturday they were watching, you know, the the, the Razorbacks, you know, and because uh, they're, they're big Arkansas Razorback fans, whatever. And uh, he's, I think, an alumni. And so they were over there and they had a little get together. And then afterwards, the, the whole house smelled like a cigar. And she was like, did you smoke a cigar? I told y'all not. He goes, no, no, nobody smoked a cigar. There was nobody smoking. And uh, this this was back when her when this happened, her children were still like, I think the oldest one was in middle school and the other one was in elementary still or whatever. So she asked the, the, the son, she's like, hey, because he had been caught doing it before he got smoking a cigar in the with his friends in the in the uh, garage when he was a kid and he got into his dad's humidor and was you know and she's like she's like did you smoke a cigar and he goes no no it wasn't me and uh she said um, but there was there was this kid that i shoot out of the garage he was messing with dad's uh, stuff uh and he grabbed a cigar and ran out and she's like, what do you look like? She described it like a, like a little boy, like he was probably about 10 years old, you know? And when she, when he described the little boy, he was wearing that same, like he was wearing pajamas. So he was a burglar and a thief <laughs> and an underage smoker. So then he, so then he took off out of the garage and rounded the corner and him and him and his friend were out there. And she said about that time, you know, he was in like sixth grade or seventh grade. And so they chased after him and they looked and he was gone. But then years later, she sees that same boy or whatever it was, demon, pretending to be a kid. That's what I think it was, standing by the foot of her bed, standing by the edge of her bed when she was sick. And she said that she had never, up to that point, she had never really seen that. She had seen a shadow like move across the hall one time. She was going to the bathroom and it just like went right across the hall, right in front of her. And she was like, oh my gosh, what was that? And she kind of opened her eyes. She's like, I was half asleep. Then I was wide awake. And she really believed that this was just the same entity doing these things, whatever. Uh, and and so the smell of cigars, the the husband got became combative with her. He's like, "You keep accusing me of it. I'm not doing it." And so she thinks that maybe this this entity was making it smell like that so that they would fight. And she thinks that that whenever there was strife or problems, that this thing would appear, like it gave it energy. It was giving it power, you know. Uh, and so one day her and her husband had a big fight and she goes, I don't even remember what it was about. You know, we just had a big argument and she's like, so I go to lay down and he goes to lay down and this is what the husband said. And he said, he went to put his arm around his wife and he was like, you know, he was holding her hand, you know, and rubbing her hand or whatever. And he was like, honey, I'm sorry. You know, please forgive me, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you know, this is, you know we keep arguing here lately. It's been really rough. And she, he said that he noticed while he was stroking her hand that she was moving her arms back and forth. And then he, it dawned on him that he was holding her hand, but yet she was moving her arms. Cause you know, she was facing the wall and he was facing her back, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he noticed that and he, and he saw her hands moving around. Cause she's very, when she talks, she's one of people that moves her hands kind of like I do. 
Yeah. Like I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but, but you know, so she's moving her hands around and he's going like, if those are your hands, then whose hand am I holding? He said, and then suddenly he goes, I felt this rough, scaly skin. And he goes, and I'm rubbing it. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and he goes, honey, he goes, honey, uh, can you look down? Because he said, he goes, I didn't want to look. And she says she looked down and she just gasped. She could see it. It was a hand, literally a a uh, scaled looking hand, like scaly, you know, but there was hair on it too. And she said it just kind of sunk down and turned and went down into the bed. That's like some nightmare on Elm Street stuff. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. And she's like, you know, this happened right before our eyes. Like this really happened. She's like, this this thing went like like down, like like it sunk down into the bed, you know. And she's like, I said, what color was it? Was it green? No, it was like a human hand, but it had weird looking claws, like nails. And she's like, I would say they were like claws, you know. Gotta and, be stealing some lotion and nail clippers <laughs> instead of you, cigars. I made a joke with, with the, the, the husband. I'll, I'll call him John, you know. But I told John, I said, you know, maybe you should get her some Bath and Body Works. Because <laughs> he goes, he's like, you know, when he told me the story originally, the way he told me was, he said, dude, I was rubbing her hands, and I thought, man, her hands are rough. She needs <laughs> she needs to be using some lotion. And, but So anyway, he's like, dude, so I'm rubbing this hand, you know, and I'm thinking, why are her hands moving around up there? Oh, my gosh, what am I rubbing, you know? And then he's like, honey, look down, you know? So that that's crazy. That story right there really struck me as like, oh, my gosh, that's one of those, you know. Uh, and then there was one other thing about this. I mean, and like I said, I could do a whole show just on what they told me. There was a bunch of other stuff that happened, but I'll give you one other real quick one. The daughter, um, was there home alone one day doing her schoolwork in the, uh, in the living room and she sees some, what looks like somebody running by, like behind the couch. She looks up and she's like a little kid and she's like, why is this little boy? It was like a little boy there. And she jumped up and was like, hello. And she had never seen it before. Um, I think she was only like in, in fifth or sixth grade at that time. She was a kid and uh, she saw this kid like run down the hallway. So she jumped up and, and kind of, you know, started to go toward the hallway to look. And uh, the way the house was built, uh, it was like the living room. And then there was like a hallway, like a T, you know, that went both ways. You know, there was like one bedroom over here and then two bedrooms over here. The living room was in the middle. So she goes into the hallway and she looks and she goes, I, it looked like an actual person. She's like, but I know it wasn't. So I was not about to start running to go over there to look. I wasn't no hurry. I was just like, you know what? She's like, I grabbed my homework, grabbed my dog. They had a blue healer she was real close to, and they went in the, she went in the backyard on the patio. And uh, she said that uh, she went back inside after a couple of hours once her brother got home from basketball. And she said when she came back inside – they went to turn on the TV and for a split second, they both saw the image of this boy, but it was like a demonic looking face. You know, she goes, that's, that's what I saw earlier. And it was like real quick. And then it was gone. And she, then they thought, Whoa. And, but he, she couldn't convince her brother of what, that, like that he, he was like always catching glimpses of it. They kept rationalizing it, you know? So he was like, well, I don't know what that was, you know, but it, it was just a, just a quick, you know, blip, whatever. It was nothing. But then one day his laptop, like, you know, started going on the fritz and he saw what looked like the image when the laptop was off. You know how you can see yourself in the mirror, like a mirror image of yeah, whatever. He saw like something reflection. walk up behind him and looking at him and it was that demonic child looking thing. Um, so that, yeah. So then he was like, oh my gosh. So then he, you know, 
And then there were some other incidents with friends that came over and stuff that happened. And they, there was just, there, there's a whole, uh, I could do it. I could go on and on, but this is a paranormal potluck. So I'm just going to give you that and we're going to move on. Uh, but yeah, that, that was pretty crazy. Um, the stuff that went on in that, in that, uh, particular house. So here's one for you. This one happened to a woman. Uh, it, an, it, it involves alien abduction and then it involves her, her brother. Now her brother had, uh, had gone to war. He was in Iraq. Had some issues. He came back. He had PTSD. He came to live with her and her husband. Um, Shortly after he came to live with them, her husband, uh, just out of after 14 years of marriage, um, decided that he didn't want to be married no more. They had gotten married young, and he was just like, I'm not happy. You know, I, I don't want to be here. Um, the brother had bad PTSD, so after he tried living alone for a while or whatever, he moved in with them. And then he just the, – the and she thinks that some of the things that were going on with him actually exacerbated the situation with her husband. So her husband tells her one day, this isn't working out for me, and he started feeling suicidal. But he said he didn't feel that way until the brother started coming to, to live with him, started coming around. And then he tells her that one day he saw her brother, Devin, I'll call him Devin, that's close to his name, uh, sleepwalking. And he had um, several medical issues that, that he thinks he got from the war. Um, the most glaringly obvious was that he had been concussed real bad. And he had like mem- some memory loss, some other things. But uh, she saw he saw him sleepwalking, holding a gun in the hallway, and he's like, "I can't deal with this. I'm out." You know, uh, they did have a, they do they did have a son uh, that was already like sixteen, at, I think at sixteen years old, or whatever. And uh, the the son decided that uh, he wanted to uh, go to go join the military or whatever, um, because the uncle was telling him how great it was. Which was weird to her because, like, all these bad things happened to him there, and she's like, and she's like, he was trying to get him to be, like, like to go join. Like, as soon as you're 18, yeah, go, go join. So you can go to war, you know. So she had a talk with him. So she, he was out in the garage lifting weights like he always was. Uh, this was about two weeks after her husband left her. Then her husband called from a, a hotel. And was claiming that he was going to kill himself and all this weird stuff. And she could hear a weird voice going in and out on the phone, like repeating what he said. So then then, then her, her son starts having these weird nightmares and the dad disappears for like months, doesn't want anything to do with the son or and just wouldn't talk to the, any of them. And so she goes and she talks to Devin, her brother. And and he's out there lifting weights. He was like a religiously weightlifting guy. I'm 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 weightlifter, I know. And he had a weight set out in the garage that used to belong to her husband. He was out there lifting weights. She goes to sit down to try to talk to him. She's like literally his eyes were rolled back in his head. And he starts talking to her in a robotic voice. And she's like, What the heck is going on with this guy? And she's like she's like, I told the boy that he needs to join. And she was like, what? And so she 
took him to a psychiatrist. They took him to a doctor. They went to all these different They found out that he had a sleep disorder. He would get up and he would stand there and, move, and rock back and forth, standing up in his sleep. He would literally go up to the wall and bounce his head, not hard, but just kind of bob his head back and forth on the wall. Um, this was witnessed by her and her son and her husband. Uh, the son decided that he wanted to go about, about a year later, the son's 17, whatever. He decided to run away and go live with some friends because the uncle he claimed was possessed. Um, he told her the mother a story that the uncle went into his room, eyes rolled back in his head and started to choke him. Uh, and so she didn't know what to do. The mother, their mother was dying of cancer at that time. So there was this weight of the world on this woman's shoulders. Um, they were going through all kinds of trouble, all kinds of problems. Um, they, the, 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 these people were African-American and, uh, this guy that was the, um, brother, she said that his voice changed. Like, you know, he has a very distinct uh, voice, like an African-American man's voice. Yeah. She said he started to talk, and it sounded almost like he was Asian. Like, he would talk in choppy, like it was like he was like he had an Asian accent. That's bizarre. And then, but he was, the girl he was dating was actually uh, Hispanic. So he, she didn't understand, like, why. And so then she started talking to the, the girl, and then she, she left him because... One day they were driving. He pulls over, okay, while they're driving down the highway. She, he just pulls over and sa- he gets out of the, 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 the car and starts to point up to the sky. She sees like a bluish, weird-looking light go over the top of the vehicle, and then next thing you know, she wakes up. It's two hours later, and he's laying down on the outside of the vehicle, uh, on the outside of their Prius, and he's asleep on, on the side of the road. This happened in New Mexico. So I was just like, that is crazy. And like, then he starts to tell her all these stories about being in an underground base and how he was actually like an agent that was doing all this weird stuff for this project. Then when she talked, when his sister talked to him, it's like, Devin, what is all this about this project and all this stuff? And he goes, well, Alyssa, that's the girl he was dating. She's lying. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's like, well, what about the the blue light? And he goes, man, I don't know what that woman's talking about. He goes, that never happened. And she's like, he would vacillate back and forth between talking in this weird East Asian accent to talking like a normal person, like like a normal, like an American, you know, like how, you know. Yeah. And uh, she's like, I, I just didn't know what to do. It was so bizarre. She's like, I come home one day and he's got a gun. He's playing with it. You know, he's putting it to his head and he's pulling the trigger and there's no no bullets in it, you know. And uh, she's like, I don't know what to do. This guy's just just off his rocker. Maybe he ended up like getting a hold of some kind of cursed object or artifact or something uh, when he was overseas. Well, here, here's what ended up happening. She eventually, she sat up with him one night reading the Bible and he began to cry. He began to cry and cry and cry. And he says, they're, they're after me. They're coming for me. I can't stop them. And. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, so they stayed up all night and they prayed. And she said at one point she was so tired, maybe delirious, but she said, I thought the house shook. And I thought something was weird. You know, I heard this weird roaring noise, like like a jet engine or something. And the house was shaking. 
And her son, you know, at that point, he was, he had gone away. The next morning he comes back and he tells her, look, mom, he's like, I saw something really weird in the hallway. I saw these weird looking, I don't know what they were. They were just tall and skinny and bald headed looking. Like I thought they were men at first and they went into his room. She's like, and then this is what he said. He watched them, him levitating with, with one on each side, one by his feet and one by his head. And they were just walking, you know, in single file. And then there was another one behind the, the one that was by his feet. And he said, you know, Uncle Devin was levitating and they were, they were, they were walking out down the hallway. He goes, I saw it with my own eyes. And uh, he's like, he's like, I didn't, I thought I was dreaming. I went right back to sleep because I thought it was a dream. But the next day he woke up in the yard. And he was, uh, you know, he he had like his clothes on backwards. It was weird, you know. Um, so she went out to him and he was lifting weights one night. She heard the clang, 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 like four in the morning. She goes out there to talk to him. She's like, you're really loud. She says, he, he sits up. His eyes began to flutter and then his eyes roll back in his head once again. And he tells her, you need to leave me alone. Don't talk to me. And she's like, okay. That's not going to happen. You're living in my house. And the voice said, he lives in this house. He doesn't live with you. He belongs to us. And she said it sounded almost like somebody was like a robotic. And the way that she described it, I'm going to do the best I can to try to repeat it. It was like, he lived with us. He belonged to us. Like, you know, they yeah, were like a monotone. Yeah. And, and they weren't saying like all the words like, like correctly, like he lived with us. He belonged us. Th- that kind of, you know, yeah. like chopped up sentences. She's like, and she's like, it sounded like that accent again. Like, you know, if you were from like, you know, it was weird. And uh, so she thought it was just bizarre. She this behavior. She's like, I can't take this anymore. You know, she's just, she finally told him one day at lunch. She's like, you need to move out. Next thing you know, he's bleeding. He's got like a nosebleed. He's bleeding down into his food, into his meal. And she's like, he started getting these nosebleeds like on a regular basis. And he's always complaining about a headache. So they went to the hospital, went to the doctor. And they did an x-ray. And they found this, and we've heard this before, this round ball object shoved up into the top of his nasal cavity. Like up, you know. No. And they so they they dislodged it. And like he bled and he bled and he bled and he kept bleeding for like days. And then this is what really got her. She was laying in her bed watching TV one night and she was thinking, what am I going to do about my brother? You know, um, their mother had passed away from cancer. This, this was like the week after. And the brother was like, did not have any emotion. Like he sat there at the funeral, just kind of staring off into space. And at one point he opened his mouth and just started going, ah, like that. And she was all like, Devin. Devin, stop at the funeral, right? So about a week later, she's laying in bed. This is crazy. This is the story I, I think I told you and Nelly when we went over this. I think you've heard this part. Um, th- she sees these. The, it was dark in the hallway, and she sees these two green dots, kind of like floating in the air. And she was like, "What is that?" And she realizes that those aren't dots; those are like eyes. Yeah, and they belong to some sort of like entity or creature or something and she was like that's not a human what is that and she said the head like the the the, where the mouth and the chin were real small and narrow and the head got bigger she's like and you could see like these green eyes 
Then she says, I'm sitting there and she's like, I covered my mouth to keep from screaming. You know, she goes, I, w- I wanted to scream like, what the, you know? And she's like, I covered my mouth. And I was like, mm, 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 like, you know, and then she sees, she sees another pair that's taller, like, like, you know, stick the head around the corner, like pop its head in from the other side, the right side of the door and look in at her. So she sees these two pair of eyes and then. She could see from the light of the TV, one of them's face kind of illuminated. She said it, it looked like ghouls, you know, but like they were like, if you took like an alien, like the typical gray alien and mix yeah. it with like some sort of ghoul, she said it was yeah. just so weird. And she thought, oh my gosh. And she said, these things were in my house, in the hallway. Now her son had told her one time that they, he saw them come through the wall of the hallway not even use the door. They were like, they, 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 somehow they went through the hallway into the, into the, into the room where this guy was at. And of course they would take him out, you know? And so she sat there and she goes, the next thing you know, I got so sleepy. She's like, somebody, it's like somebody hit you with like some sort of chemical or something. And th- she's like, I, I, I've heard it in my mind's eye, go to sleep. And she's like, and I did, I couldn't resist. I just was out. And then the next day I was thinking, man, was it a dream? Did I dream that? Um, but then eventually, uh, the sad thing is he actually did end up getting cancer, um, like shortly after that. And, uh, the doctors had told him that it was, you know, not, it wasn't that big of a deal or whatever, but he went out one night and he wrecked his vehicle and he, he flipped it and he died. And that happened, I think, like I think she said, about two or three weeks after the last incident where she saw those creatures, whatever. But she thinks that he killed himself. Now, it was just officially listed as an accident, like a wreck. But she thinks that he actually took his own life, like he just was tired of it. And it was like something had taken over her brother. And uh, she doesn't know why, how, or what it was, you know. Um she did talk to a guy shortly after all of this happened that claimed that he was a friend of his and that, that he was taken off of the, uh, battlefield at one point, like when they, cause he, he did see action, you know, in Fallujah, whatever he was a soldier. Um, I believe that's, I believe it was there where, where, where she said he was injured, but then he was taken from the base when he came back. And they took him to another base where he supposedly was working. And that's where he finished his military career. And then when he got out, then he, you know, so it wasn't like he came straight from Iraq and came home. Like he was wounded, he convalesced, and then he ended up going to some other base, which that guy didn't know where that was. But he went to go visit him and he was like a different person. So I don't, I, I, I don't know what that is or what that was or why that was or why that is. I just know that that's that's the story she gave me. That's what she told me, and I can't. Uh, I don't have any other details, but uh, that's a sad story. And that guy must have been subjected to the most extreme emotional states because to think that he endured Fallujah and then right after that endured possibly uh, being abducted by by some con- some kind of either extraterrestrials or entities or whatever. And then if that wasn't enough. He couldn't even put it behind him when he got home because mm-hmm. it was still happening. Well, it's like we were talking about our cousin Miguel. You know, he goes to Fallujah and gets, you know, he survives. 
and and then he comes home, and then a year to the day he comes home, he dies in an automobile accident. Yeah, it's just, you know, and then and then a year later, of course, our, our you know his mother died. Um, year to the day, which was really weird, which was in December, which you know, I mean, and you're sitting there going like, how is that even possible? Like he comes home a year to the day, and then he gets killed by a drunk driver, and then a year later his mother dies of cancer. You go through all that hell just to be killed like that. And then, of course, you talked about Armando. Yeah. Armando got blown up twice in Iraq. He's our former, my former co-host, folks. And, uh, you know, that just, just to die of COVID. He got blown up twice. And survived. He survived two IEDs, survived, I forget how many, uh, but multiple tours uh, in Iraq, Afghanistan, only to mm-hmm. come home and, God rest his soul, pass away from COVID. 16-year military. I mean, life is ironic like that. When people can be in places where they're surrounded by random death and survive that, but it's the mundane aspects of life that actually get them. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how I feel. I've always wanted, I don't want to die like, (laughs) I don't want no ignominious end. That's one of my fears. But, you know, you never know. Life throws curveballs. I really think that this guy had something happen and I, and I think that the abduction phenomena is real and I believe that something was going on with him that he couldn't he, he couldn't control um, he couldn't have a, a stable relationship with anyone um, it's unfortunate and it's not something that she's really it, it, his sister is really interested in coming on and talking about because it was hard enough to get her to open up to me um, I try to be understanding you know and it took months to get the whole story, so you have to get out and the the notes and just keep kind of going along with whatever. But um, anyway, moving on. What uh, what that you can take your pick there? We got two or three stories that we can tell. All right. What about the Dogman story in Reno? Yeah, this story here, the Dogman uh, Reno Nevada story, is actually Dog Men. It's pretty crazy. Now, if you're going into Reno. And this happened from Lake Tahoe to Reno. Somebody was traveling and they were there's this like steep kind of mountainous pass as you go through there in Lake Tahoe going into Reno. Uh I can tell you right now, it could be pretty treacherous in some of those areas. <clears throat> and uh so they were driving through late at night, and uh this isn't a real long drawn out story or anything, but they they came across what they thought was a pack of wolves. <clears throat> and this was a couple. And they were driving down through these these uh, the, through that mountain pass, and these things went on either side of their vehicle, and there were three on one side, and I think two on the other side. And what was so weird about it was not that it was wolves that were running alongside the vehicle; it was the size of these wolves. They were driving in, ironically enough, a Tahoe, a SUV, a Tahoe, and and they they were going you know pr- pretty fast. Um, not super fast, but you know, cause you can't too fast on those roads, but they, they were driving along and there was no other traffic, which was just like, usually there's some traffic somewhere. Uh, it was about one in the morning and there wasn't no traffic. So maybe the time had something to do with it, but these things began to run alongside either uh, side of their vehicle. And the crazy thing is, and it was, it was close. They were getting closer to Reno when this happened. Um, they were standing up on two legs and slamming into the vehicle and then getting back down on all fours. And this went on for like a solid five minutes. 
Oh wow! And that th- was it was uh, two two females, you know, um, and they were just terrified. Uh, this couple of women were just screaming like they just. She's like, I was driving, I couldn't. She's like, my my hands were just white from the, the grip on the steering wheel, and they kept smacking into the side of the vehicle. They might have flipped it if it was a little car. No, it was yeah. If it would have been smaller, yeah. yeah. Lucky they were driving an SUV. And she said that they didn't. They weren't like these big hulking looking beasts. They just looked like wolves, but they were popping up on on their hind legs and running. And they kind of looked their upper bodies looked weird, not in proportion to the. Uh, and she said that it was just like ping pong and then back and forth. And the other side, they would get up and do it, and they'd ram it. And then by the time they got into the city. She said that they, they went straight to the police and they told them, hey, you know, and she don't think they took them serious. They were just like, well, maybe you fell asleep and then you ran off the road and you hit something. You came back and it, no, it wasn't a deer. It wasn't an elk, whatever, what, you know, whatever. And they, she kept saying it was a pack of wolves and they were standing up on two legs and they were running, ramming into our vehicle. And she's like, I really think they were trying to flip us, trying to kill us, um, you know. And she said that it was just the weirdest thing, like, and they were just like, like, if you see like a timber wolf, like a gray wolf, you know, um, she said they were brownish gray and they just look like your stereotypical gray wolves or timber wolves as we call them. And she's like, and, and I don't know why they decided to come out and attack my vehicle or why they did what they did. She's like, but I thought we were going to die. And she said that, that, uh, their eyes were all like uh, yellow looking, glowing, whatever. And she said that her friend that was next to her was just staring out, looking at him, you know, and just thinking, what, you know, what, what is this? Like, like, you know, like what, you know, they, they just kept asking themselves that question. What happened? What was that? Like, why did this pack of wolves come out of nowhere and just start attacking our vehicle and trying to run us off the road and, you know, and, and kill us? And she said that it seemed like they were trying to, like, they, like, they just, it just, it was like, it was like they came out of nowhere. They just were there. She's like, and then as we got closer to where you could kind of see the lights of the city, she's like, they just, they just all kind of fell back and then they were gone. And, uh, the way that she described them too, like when she said, when we looked in the mirrors, you could see them, they just kind of stopped, all of them just kind of stopped. And then I look back and they're gone. Not like they ran off the road or anything like that. They were just, boof, they were gone. And uh, she said that, that it, you know, it happened a few years ago. But she said the more that she's thought about it, you know, that she she thinks that maybe it was something supernatural. Yeah. And, you know, not like uh, a physical dogman encounter, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, that's probably how they were just gone. Yeah. She's like, they just appeared and they did this and they were just ping-ponging. And she's like, and if I didn't know any better, I think they were they were laughing. And she said that that her not the one that told me the story of the driver, but the passengers told her that she felt some sort of communication in her mind, like they were telling her, "We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you." And she's like, maybe she was just thinking that because of the nature of the way it went down and all that. But she's like, I really felt like you know we were we could be killed, you know. And so they they survived. But uh, she's like, I'll never forget that as long as I live. She's like, we we were like, she's like, the whole time we were at the casino, we didn't even feel like gambling or doing anything. We just kind of were just in shock, you know. And uh, after a couple days of there being there, you know, and hardly doing anything, but just they couldn't even focus, you know. They just, they went, they left during the day to make sure that they weren't, uh, 
yeah at night or whatever and it was yeah it was a nightmare but uh yeah so that's pretty bold for multiple of these creatures to just all attack at once i you know i i would say that that's not as rare as you would think it is because i've gotten i got a story out of idaho similar to that but there was three of them and then i had one that was out in west texas where there was this hyena looking one I, i'm sure you've heard that one and it was like running alongside the vehicle, ramming it, you know, with its shoulders. But it was on all fours, and it was definitely more like a hyena type creature. But it was super large. Um, but yeah, the, the, and they'll do this in broad daylight. You know, I've heard of this uh, these attacks on vehicles or whatever. Um, I, I remember reading a story in, in a book. I can't remember who wrote it, which author friend of mine. But they had they described this uh, dogman type creature in the snow running alongside their vehicle and just slamming himself into it, trying to, trying to knock them off the road, you know, and trying to, uh, cause to me, that's the only thing you could be trying to do is, yeah. is to make them wreck so you could pry them out. Cause I guess it's like a can, canned food. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, they're going to try and pull you out. I mean, um, yeah, I, it, it, you get a lot of stories of people just driving along and they just see a dog man or they see a Bigfoot or they see a goat man or they see a, a you know, what do you call it? A rake. And it's on the side of the road. You know, oh, look at that. It's weird. You know, and, whoop, and they just keep going. But sometimes you get these ones where they attack people, you know, um, that, that'll lead me into the next one. This one happened, um, it, it, near, it was in between Legrand and Pendleton uh, up in uh, uh, Oregon, and uh, this involved a, a Sasquatch-type uh, creature that was carrying an elk. But it was the way it went down, which was this is very weird. Um, they were driving down, I think it's Highway 84 uh, in Oregon or Interstate 84. And that that's the road that takes you to Portland. You keep going, it goes into Portland. I've been on that highway a couple times, or a few times. <clears throat> and near Pendleton, the, b- before they got to Pendleton, they see this Bigfoot-type creature down in the middle of the road as they're driving down the highway. It's like 4 in the morning. And they see it, you know, uh, and it was it was snowing. It was lightly snowing. It was starting to snow. It wasn't like, you know, iced over or anything like that yet. And they were trying to get to Pendleton, you know, for the night. And uh, this thing, they were going to stop there. But they see this thing in the middle of the road. And next thing you know, it gets up off the road and it starts to walk across the road carrying what looked like an elk. Um, Didn't look like roadkill, though. I mean, it just, it looked like the elk had just, it didn't, didn't look like it had been mangled or anything like that. And this thing just slung it over its shoulder and just slowly walked off the road as they were driving up to it. And then they slowed down and the passenger, he said that he made eye contact with it. He looked right at it and the thing just turned and looked at it with this weird look and had this protruding brow ridge. It was about eight feet tall, humongous shoulders, probably three feet wide, he said. And he said this thing looked like it could it could have like just lifted up their car and flipped it, you know. You have any idea how strong you have to be to sling an elk over your, your shoulder? shoulder? Those things are huge. <laughs> like the 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 top of their backs would come up to the top of like one of those Ford vans. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he said that it just threw it up like it was nothing, and they were like, "That's a freaking Bigfoot," you know. And his uh, his his wife was just like, and uh, the bro- he had his brother in law was asleep in the back, and he wakes up and he looks and he was like, "Dude, Sasquatch!" Like immediately they all just. 
identified it as that's a Sasquatch. That is a Bigfoot right there. Um, they said it was brownish uh, in color, uh, like a dark reddish brown, and that it had like it was very hairy, you know, just covered in hair. The face was covered in hair except for like certain spots around the eyes and the nose. Um, the, it just was this quintessential Bigfoot. And he like they it just turned and, and it started not running or anything, and it turned and just stared at him as they drove right by it. Um, and the, the the thing that got him was that it was like dragging that elk. You know, they don't know that if it, that the elk had been hit or maybe if it, 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 they, it had killed it, but it looked the elk looked like it was in pretty good, like it was intact. Yeah. So you know, typically if it's hit by something, it's going to be a big mess. And then yeah. you know, of course, if a smaller vehicle hits an elk. You're done. I mean, you know, yeah. it's you know, it's not like hitting a deer. Well, hitting a deer can make a big mess too. But uh, maybe the Bigfoot just hit it with a nice uppercut and knocked it out. Yeah, bludgeoned yeah. it. That's why I say you should get a grill guard for your truck if you have one, because deer, especially out here, they'll jump right in front of your truck. They don't care. Yeah, <clears throat> and we got mule deer out here too that are pretty big, and so it's funny when they're in the woods, they hear a uh, they hear a leaf break and they bolt for it, but they see and hear like. You know, two tons of steel coming at them and just sit there. <laughs> or they run right out in front of you. Yeah, like what? They'll wait till the last minute, too, and weird. jump right in front of your vehicle. I mean, I've had them do it. It's crazy. I mean, but uh, so anyway, Sasquatch, that one was a pretty crazy story. It was just right there. Now, here's here's another sidelight to that. Uh, my friend's mother actually lives in LeGrand. And when I was up there, we were visiting LeGrand at one point, you know, and I had said something to somebody on my Facebook who uh, was a friend of mine. And I said, yeah, I'm up here that uh, my friend Chad's mother lives in LeGrand, you know. And uh, they they had mentioned something about that area. <clears throat> There's a um, a spot near the near like this little mountain up at the top of, of a, a little small mountain or whatever up there at LeGrand. And if you go up to the top of that mountain, which I did inadvertently, not even knowing that that's what that was, but people see Sasquatch up there and they see UFOs. And uh, my friend's mother has seen UFOs multiple times on that road on Highway 84. Um, and right there near Pendleton, too, I had a UFO story that somebody had given me. Um, they saw like a blue, what they thought was a comet coming into the atmosphere, and then it just started kind of zip zipping around. And then went straight up and was was gone, and uh, that was probably maybe ten miles from where that Bigfoot was. Uh, I'm not saying there's a connection, but I mean just that's weird. That whole area. There was a a, a girl that was like working, I think, at the Dairy Queen or something, um, and told either Chris or Scorpion, the people we were with, uh, that there were a lot of Bigfoot sightings in that area. And if you went up by the lake out there where people like to go elk hunting, deer hunting, whatever, that there there were a, there were a lot of uh, Bigfoot sightings over there. And, of course, Oregon is just inundated with Bigfoot sightings. I mean, Oregon and Washington are known as a stronghold for Sasquatch, and I'm talking, like, across the states. Um, whether you're east, even in the east, you know, the east, is, some of it's a little more flat. Um, you still get a lot of reports. And then you get a lot of reports going because there's mountains all the way around Legrand, and then you get a lot of reports going west, big time along that you know corridor right there on the on the, hugging the coast. You get a bunch of reports over there, and just tons of Sasquatch reports in Washington and Oregon. 
but uh, it's not unusual to see one. But this, that, that, this one was interesting that it was carrying like what looked like a full-grown male elk. That's terrifying how strong these things are. I mean, if one of them got a hold of you, they could pull you apart limb from limb, oh, yeah. like, 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 and it would probably take as much effort as one of us pulling the wings off a fly. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing to them. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the reports I've gotten over the years raised the hairs on your, on your, your hackles, man. I'll tell you. So. I could probably knock out a gorilla. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, when they say a gorilla could break a telephone pole sized piece of wood, you know? So, I mean, you know, so here, here we got one more story for you before we get out, before we duck out of here. Now this one happened. In between Fresno and and Merced, they were headed from Fresno to Merced. Let's put it that way. And uh, they're from Fresno, California. And this was a UFO. uh, It started out as a UFO encounter, and then it became something else. So I'll get into that. This person was driving along Highway 99 in California. And I've been on the highway, too. And they're they're going up to, to Merced. And for some reason... You know, it was only about 1130 at night. There was no traffic. Like all of a sudden, there was just nothing. There was just, it was just no traffic. There was nobody on that highway, um, which doesn't make any sense at 1130 at night. And there was a green orb that kind of came down and hovered above the vehicle and kept about 100 yards uh, above, uh, uh, in front of them. And, you know, he, they estimated that it may have been two or 300 yards above the vehicle. Now, it was green like a ball of light, but then it began to take shape like a spherical, like a, a ball, like a, like a silver ball. And they said what was weird about it was it began to grow, like it got bigger until it was like kind of flattening out and becoming what looked like a saucer-shaped craft. Um, and then all of a sudden it just stopped in midair and they drove right underneath it and right past it. And when they did, and I've heard this many times, like a light went through their vehicle. Like, like, like it just went through penetrating through every aspect of their vehicle. They were in an Acura and it went right through the vehicle and then they saw it like shoot off to the right and then it zigzagged and went back across. And the whole time they were driving, they kept thinking, man, this is crazy. This thing is just, it's just a dog in us and there's no other traffic anywhere. Like there was nothing. So I I asked this guy, I'll call him Juan. Um, but I asked Juan, I said, how long did it take you to go from Fresno to Merced? He said six hours. Okay. I don't know if anybody knows uh, how far that is. Okay. Um, it doesn't take, it takes about an hour. Okay. Fresno to Merced is not a long drawn out journey. Now, if you, if you look at a map of Cal- California, Merced is to the east of San Jose. Um, there are like, there is like a little bit of a mountain, like a, some, some small mountains right there or whatever. But, uh, you know, that, that area, it doesn't take, it, it takes about an hour. And he said it was the sick. We got to Merced. He goes, it felt weird. You know, it felt like we felt like it was just, it was like me and my friend and his wife and my wife. And there was four of us. And we all felt like we were like, we had headaches. It was weird. Next thing you know, I'm just driving into Merced. He's like, and I get to my cousin's house, and it was the holidays. It was right before Thanksgiving, um, not this year, but two years ago. And he said we were we were driving. He goes, and my wife said, you know what? I got pictures of the of this UFO that we saw. So they started looking through the the pictures, and all they were were blurry streaks 
That's all it was. He goes, it was like 10 pictures on her iPhone of just blurry streaks of nothing. And he said, now, this is where it gets really weird. Everything is is fine. They have Thanksgiving. Um, they go to sleep, and all of them sleep for like 12 hours. And that's where the 12 hours went. But anyway, he's like, next day we drive back. We, we head back home, and we're, we're all, you know, Thanksgiving. We had Thanksgiving, whatever. Uh, it was a childhood friend um, that he went. They went up there to see uh, the his brother. The, the, so him and his childhood friend and his childhood friend's wife, whatever. Uh, they drove back down to Fresno the next day or the next night, his friend's wife calls his wife frantically telling her there's this weird creature we saw in the backyard. She's like, it was like a white translucent. And I knew immediately where he was going with this when he started telling me this, cause I know what this is. Um, uh, we know it as the rake or, um, a crawler. No. So. She said that they were in the backyard and this thing, and they had a swimming pool, all right? But they said this thing like crawled underneath their fence, like was completely flattened out and it was like crawling like a spider and that it went like straight toward the swimming pool. And when they, they saw it, they were in the backyard and they, they had a, uh, it was them two and they had their, uh, their one of their daughters and her friend and they were all out there on this uh, patio near the pool underneath one of those umbrella uh, chair uh, tables, whatever, and they were sitting there. She's like, they have a, we have a little table, you know, that we like to sit at, whatever. And we were having some drinks. She's like, we weren't drunk, okay. This thing crawled out from underneath the the fence and went straight to the swimming pool. And when they looked, it jumped into the swimming pool and was sitting at the bottom of the pool. What? And they yeah. So they got up and they all went over there to look, and it jumped out of the pool and then crawled over the fence and was gone. And they are absolutely convinced that this had something to do with the UFO that they saw. Compound that, what's compounding the weirdness is that there was no high, no traffic on that highway. Um, the night before Thanksgiving, they were driving there and it was, you know, not that late. It wasn't that late, you know. And uh, they had decided at the last minute, hey, let's go ahead and go. So they ended up at like, I think, you know, 11 o'clock at night or whatever. And they just decided to go and then, and you know. And so they have Thanksgiving, they drive back, and then this happens. Well, here's here's what here's what's going on. They had gone outside onto the patio at six o'clock in the evening. They thought that that's when they saw this creature. But then when they all went inside the house, it was eleven PM. And they all swear they hadn't been out there more than thirty minutes. Yeah, that's that missing time again. Now that is the that's where the weirdness comes in. Uh, it's weird enough that you see a, you know, translucent creature, like one of these rake type creatures crawling around in your backyard, jumping into your pool and getting out. What I think, and I, and, and, and what I really want to know more than anything is, okay, what was the real sequence of events? Did it crawl from under the fence and then just jump in the pool and jump back out? Or was it, was there more stuff that went on? And then that's just how they remembered it, you know, like it just, that's all it did. Cause why would it do that? Why yeah. would it just do that? Cause I asked Juan that I said, think about it. I said, talk to your wife, dude, and talk to your wife's, your uh, friend's wife. And, and cause he, the, the, the friend didn't want to talk about it. He wouldn't talk to us. Um, but, but he wanted to, to, you know, so I said, dude, find out because that's important, dude. If, you know, and then the missing time, you know, it doesn't take six hours to get from Fresno to Merced, you know, uh, the weird thing is, 
Like they, they said, oh, okay, it was a spur of the moment we left. And then they couldn't agree on what time they left and what time they got there because they arrived at like, you know, four in the morning or something like that. And he's like, I could have swore we left at like 8 p.m. Then, then his friend's like, no, it was around nine, you know, and he was like, I, you know, they couldn't remember, you know, and the, but it, it took like six something hours, you know, to get there. Um, so that was weird. And then his wife was like, no, it was closer to 11. So 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, 4 to 4, 30, it was five, you know, about five and a half, six hours. Yeah. But if his calculations are correct, then it took even longer. So what the heck happened to him? Were they abducted? That's usually what missing time means for for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So anyway, folks, that that's that. Those are some weird stories. I hope you enjoyed our paranormal potluck. Um, some stuff to think about. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, some weird stories there. Um, just be careful, I guess, if you're driving at night and uh, you see a pack of dog men or a Bigfoot with an elk slunk over its shoulder. Don't stop and say hello. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're if you're driving and UFOs over you, well, there's not much you can do. I guess you're just going to be boned either way. I mean, you're kind of screwed. And if you have a little demon kid stealing your cigars, make sure you buy the cheap stuff. Because <laughs> Anthony, you smoke cigars, so you yeah. know they're not cheap. If you, and that's probably that's the part you would be mad about is how it's yeah, still like expensive I've, ones. <laughs> yeah, like I don't smoke gas station cigars. Like, dude, you be, <laughs> go buy your own. Go go take your little demon money and and. Go buy whatever you want to smoke. Leave my stuff alone. Wow. Want to serve Satan? What? Hey, that's your business, man. But leave my cigars alone. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know what that thing was serving, or if it was just serving up mischief, or just villainy, or what. But from all of us here at Paranormal Roundtable, myself uh, and Anthony, uh, good night. Good night. <laughs>